Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Hope you're doing well. You doing all right, sir, James Ross? Man, I am King doing what King. Oh my gosh, <laughs> don't even try. I, you know, thou art doing well. Yeah. How doest thou? I, I doest thou fairest. <laughs> I, I think, uh, man, I'm so glad we the don't twine to, of us are what? here on twain. No, <laughs> the twain of us, twain, the twain of us twain are of us, here yeah. with twain. Oh. He covered his eyes and with twain, he covered his feet and with twain, he flew. Wow. Twain. Seriously. Twain, that's two. right too. All right. Yeah. That's I yeah, mean, I, I Isaiah get it. chapter six. There you go. Yeah. Context. Yeah. If you ever think, is this language like still culturally relevant? That word right there just <laughs> decides it. Twain. Twain. All right. I think of Samuel Langhorn Clemens. Well, it is the twain. Do you? I, I you, no, I don't. You don't uh, know who Samuel Langhorn Clemens is? I mean, the name is familiar. It's Mark Twain's real name. I was just going to say Mark Twain, like, because you were talking about yeah, Twain. Yeah, yeah. Is the Twainth week of November the second? Is that work? Oh, no, I don't think that. <laughs> is that. Can I just make that up? You might want to censor that word there that yeah. you just used. But <laughs> we're, now we're. Know, uh, it's probably. Not <laughs> I don't know. So we're doing good. No cap. Speaking no cap. of, speaking of words no that cap. I don't know how to use. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's people a, still say no cap. Probably not because we just said it. Yeah, so that's it's true. Officially not it's cool. Officially it's made it, It's made its way it's to our generation, so it's not cool anymore. Not cool anymore. Now that Can't we're saying it. it. Uh, you drip, drip. Cap. Yep. Drip there you cap. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got oh, some drip on today, man. I'm. You know. I mean, it's it's middle aged. It's middle aged dad is. drip. This is a, a goodwill find right here. Yeah. This little uh, this little sweater vest I'm wearing. But the t-shirt my, under the sweater vest, you know, it's like it's my Bayshore t-shirt. It's like I'm really not fancy, but but I'm kind of kind of fancy. I could be right. I could be fancy. I could be fancy. I like to live that way. I'm not fancy, but I could be. I like that. I, <laughs> I like be. that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, this come this past weekend, we had Disciple Now Weekend. Yeah. We students. We had so many students involved and leaders and we hosted. We kind of had the weekend off, man. We didn't well, do, we didn't have to work all week. Well, exactly. Uh, we, we, we were a host home. So we had oh, uh, you really eighth had grade girls at our home. And uh, obviously I was joking. Yes. You know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was good. And then this coming weekend is the Pastors Conference, the Florida Baptist Pastors Florida Conference. Florida Baptist Pastors Conference. Yes. Yeah. So At I'm exciting excited for it. There's been a Baptist lot of exciting. The, their address is exciting. Idlewild, Idlewild Way. That's like the name. They That's built impressive. their own road, I guess. So uh, can we change hey, it to exciting Bayshore Way? Dude, we have Bayshore Drive. We, it's we, named after our it's church. Named, there you go. That's right. We That's are not true. Church. That's <laughs> not true. We <laughs> changed the name because people are like, where's that? And you know what? You know, um, go behind the other big church. <laughs> it's there. There it is. It's down by people the water. People be like, Oh, your church is actually kind of big. I'm like, yeah, yeah just because there's a bigger church next to ours <laughs> doesn't right. mean. That's right. It is on the water. And that it is on is, the water. It's so nice. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Except for um, at three o'clock in the afternoon in my office. Oh, man. My my window is from 10 to 11. Our new office is the sun just bla- I have to leave my office and go work somewhere else because do that we don't have shades yet. And uh, I do that it, the, the sun afternoon. just comes right in. You can't see. It's the blind. You can come down here to the Boggy Talk cellar. I could come to the basement of the catacombs of. Buggy talk. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm underwater. Is Ghosts of like. Deacon's Past are in here. <laughs> this is the old robing room uh, for yeah. the choir. So, and you know what's exciting too is that in exactly a year it will be election. <laughs> It will be election week. Uh, so we have a year into our next presidential uh, election. And so we're going to talk about that for the next, next year. Next year. Because you won't get enough of that anywhere. <laughs> That's you right. Ready? Buckle up, buttercup. Oh, man. I was just kind of lamenting that as I looked at the calendar. I was like, oh, man, this this Tuesday's election day. And then that means it's a year will oh, be buckle, election buckle day. Up, buckle up, buttercup. Buckle is up. also some bad reference. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Well, anyway, 
Let's get into what we're talking about Sorry, today. Yeah. So we're talking about people today, and that could be an endless supply of, of conversation, but specifically winning is, with people. people are, yeah, they uh, are. And we're talking about this because we've actually been reading a book as a staff called Winning with People by John Maxwell, who is um, an author, former pastor, now author, leadership consultant. Self-proclaimed leadership guru. Yeah. He writes, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I'm re- I've read a lot of John Maxwell recently, uh, as I've um, read it over the years, but recently just some of his resources as I'm working on my doctorate in leadership. And nice uh, flex there, Justin. Yeah, you know, just you know, it's <laughs> yeah, one yeah. of those uh, mm-hmm. like that wasn't a humble brag, and that I realized it kind of sounded like it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I realized that a lot of his stuff is really similar. What that? Um, what's that like not having a doctorate, Justin? I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's it like to have time? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so what's funny is that in a lot of his stuff, he's like. I'm going to tell you these things, but you need to go read this book that I wrote uh, to find out more. And like, a lot of his books now are like that. So anyway, I'm a winning with people. And uh, really, this is something that we've as a staff have been talking about just really in yeah. terms of interpersonal relationships within the church and on the staff team and you know, relationships with the church. But really, this is something that hits uh, for every believer mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. essentially our faith is not, uh, though our, our, our relationship with God is a vertical relationship with with him um it is designed also to be horizontal and it we is. are it is this a communal faith that we are part of a family of god and uh you can't not deal with people that's right in your you life. can't not so deal with people how do you do that well how do we as christians um navigate relationships uh in a winsome manner uh, winsome nice winsome, i like that word Key, winsome. Uh, pun too because winning with people winning and winsome with people you see what it did winsome there? manner you're gonna win some people so yeah so let's talk about relationships and really if you could boil it all down mm. like this there's a good book this the book you can hold, I can't even talk. You could read the whole book, but if you were to boil it down to one essential takeaway, mm. one of many, but the primary, mm. what would you say mm. that would be? Mm. Wow, Justin. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a big question. Yeah. So I think that I've read this book before uh, when all the cultural references were relevant. Now they're not <laughs> as much. Right. Um, but, you know, I think what stuck with me the most uh, 20 years ago and probably still today, and, and I can't remember if it's the first, first, there's like parts of the book and I can't remember if it's the first chapter or second. Uh, it's called The Lens Principle. Mm. I think it's the first one. It is the first one. And it, it's just talking about how, what, the way you see the world and being aware of that and how much that affects your relationships. And he gives this, he gives a story about a guy, I think I've used this in a sermon before. He uses the story about a guy who is moving out of a town and he goes to like this gas station where this old man is sitting before he goes into the new town. And he says like, Hey, what's, what's it like, you know, in your town? Mm. And the old man says, well, what's it like in the town you come from? And he begins to describe, you know, the people and how problematic they were and all these complaints. And the old man says, it's going to be exactly like that in this town. Yeah. And the point is that like, typically, uh, you know, our lens affects our relationships. And I, and I, I've seen this played out in marriages, second marriages, mm-hmm. um, friendships, churches, um, you know, all kinds of things. And I, I think that that, you know, it's just true. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than the reality uh, is we need to be aware of our perception and our perspective and our experiences are typically uh, 
clouding our view of people uh, or affecting our view of people. And so we got to be aware. I mean, and it is what it is, right? Like if you've been through trauma, especially like, it's not like you can be like, all right, forget that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but I think we need to be aware of yeah. that. I mean, I think it's the old saying, wherever you go, there you are. And that's so true. It's and good. it's just like, mm, that's it's deep. That's deep, Justin. It's deep. deep today. It's but deep. it's so true. You know, wherever you go, like you're going to take your right. issues yeah. with you. Yeah. And so really understanding, I think this is a great principle for, you know, People 101, people skills 101 is, mm, mm. is recognizing what you bring to the table. Mm, so in mm. that, that chapter about Lens, he identifies like five specific things uh, that determine how, how we see others. And he okay. basically says who we are determines how we see others. And he says, the first is genetics. Yep. There's some things that you didn't determine your genetics. They just are what they are. Mm. Uh, and there's the whole nature versus nurture debate. And really there is a lot to nature. There is a lot to our genetics and predispositions for things. The Second is our self-image, how we view ourselves. Three is our experiences that shape mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And the fourth thing is really our attitude and choices in response to those mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. And that is key because we can both have the exact same experience, but our attitude and response to those experiences really uh, determine how we see others you know, and ourselves. That That is probably... If you were to say, like, what is the thing that you have to deal with your children with the most in parenting and instruction? It's probably that. Like, it's like, hey, I understand. I have six kids in my house, so I understand what they're doing is wrong. But right now I'm talking to you about your reaction, your response. And And I mean, like we escalate situations so often, right? Like because of how we respond in situations. And it's like. You know, I, I think if anything is maturity for me, it's like just been the willingness to recognize that and be like, I don't need to respond. I don't need to respond this way. Yeah. I'm probably right about what I would say. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so so that that's a good one. What was the fifth one? And the fifth one is our friends. Mm. Uh, and I, I He who walks this. with the wise grows yeah. wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Exactly. And this is, I think, you know, John Maxwell is, you know, a generation or two above us. I would add to friends. Two. two yeah, definitely yeah, two. two. Yeah. And so I think from a cultural where we are now, I would add to that like slash influences uh, because Ooh, we're yeah, not, yeah. we, because mm-hmm. our influence, you know, the relationships influence us, but also that, that helps uh, really include some of the, the social media aspects. Just the who Card- we are Kardashians. To. That's right. Uh, the influences that we uh, are, are feeding our minds with at, uh, Friends would be a huge piece of that, but also just who we're spending time learning from, That's good. books we're reading, and just who we're listening to. Instagram. Yeah, all those things. So those Pauly things. Shore. All you guys following Polly <laughs> Shore on Instagram. Shore. <laughs> that was think, so random. I think if you had not said that, I may have gone the rest of my life and never thought about Polly Shore again. That was that was um, so random. Okay, what, what, sorry. I don't know. I wonder where he what's he doing? He was in like How almost, was that in my brain? Why why did you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Polly Shore. I mean, he was like in every like late night. I haven't seen Biodome lately or in <laughs> Dino man lately it just <laughs> oh, it man. just came out i don't know what happened to him or um, uh son-in-law yeah man i can't believe I, I you just, all this. you're on a roll okay you're anyway a, sorry uh, back to the serious winning with people so uh so recognizing <laughs> these things about us helps us Goofy understand movie. what we bring to the table because what we bring to the table yeah uh really is how we is the really the filter that yeah. we see other people mm-hmm. through. So let's unpack that a little bit. Well, and he talks too, like about when you're the one in authority, like how it's on you to to make the approachability and connection happen more than the other. And I think like 
you know, in a parenting relationship and, um, uh, if you're a, have, you know, if you're a supervisor at work, if you're, mm. uh, you know, a pastor, mm. if you're a life group leader, if you're whatever, like, I think there's like, I think, I think, and this is probably why we really wanted to talk about this is like ministry is not just about theology. It is about, um, relationship skills. And if you step into some kind of leadership role, whatever that role is, you don't have to be in vocational ministry. You then assume, hey, I'm going to be responsible for developing my relationship skills. And if you aren't, then you shouldn't be in that role, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think like that... like you have to be aware of this going on, this whole, those dynamics that you just brought up. You have to be aware that you're bringing things to the table and other people bring in the table and try to work on making that uh, cohesive as the leader, as the authority. I hate that word, but yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think, you know, if we look at uh, the the ministry as a profession, uh, as as a whole, uh, we've we've really shifted. I've actually just been reading some things on this in, in an ethics course, but it's how the, how the role of minister has has changed from really being this this. Uh, profession to now how the perception has changed of what ministers do and who they are. And so no longer is it just a, I have authority, do what I say. So now it is 100% contingent upon relationship because yeah. there's not this natural trust. And right. I would venture to say there's that for not. those in leadership there's in the not. church, like we, for our life group leaders, for deacons, for their, while they're still like, as people, we understand that the Bible does give us clarity for the, the church as it runs and, and leaders. There still is this cultural baggage we have to work through. There is no, I, I really don't know if there, and this is off the top of my head, so it could be wrong and push back on this. I don't know of really any role where there's just 100% automatic assumed trust anymore. Um, maybe there is, and maybe there should be, but I just think that's something we have to acknowledge as part of our culture. Um and maybe it's not 100%, maybe it's 90%, I don't know. But I just think that that no, is... No, will you please we, get that precisely right? <laughs> I, I'm going to do a survey really quick. I just think that there's just not automatically assumed trust anymore. And as a pastor or whether you're a life group leader or you're just trying to minister to someone right. in general, mm-hmm. there has to be a relationship uh, formed or forged yeah, for yeah. there to be just serious weight given to mm-hmm. uh, what you're saying. And, you know, I think... That's just something we have to understand. And so that gets to how do we build relationships? How do we, you know, how do we relate to people? Are we aware of how we come across? Are we Mm -hmm. aware of Mm -hmm. how people receive us? Are we aware, are we self-aware enough to recognize that we have deficiencies or areas that we need to grow? Yeah, that's been one of the more frustrating things for me and just relating with people. And I mean, in ministry, you're just always around people. Our job is being around people. It's just a lack of self-awareness that so many people have. And I think that, you know, you, you referenced it, but social media, uh, you know, our lack of as much of a communal living, it's just created a lack of two-way conversation. And so people don't like hear criticism as much. And I think like, you know, while there's some good and in, in, in that by and large, I think it's bad because we're not hearing, yeah. you know, just the things that we need to grow in. So I just, I just encounter in ministry, in the church and in life, people lacking self-awareness. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, and I think that's important. And I'll just push back because I think some people, sorry, I'm not pushing back. Some <laughs> people on. would push back and be like, well, you know, you're talking about people skills, but the, the church is about, um, you know, theology. It's about the Bible. It's about mm-hmm. character. Absolutely. 
And you're right. People can be good with people and manipulate them yeah, and absolutely. use them. It's we fully acknowledge yeah. that. On the flip side, mm. though, if you're not and you're not growing in your ability to relate with people, it is really going to be a um, barrier to you being for faithful in ministry. And I would say that kind of like um, Steve Besner actually wrote about this one time, how um, – kind of the group ahead of us, Gen X, boomers, like there was such a focus on like pragmatic to a fault in yeah. the church. Mm -hmm. And then beyond below us, there's been such a focus on theology, which is great and biblical fidelity, which is great. But then it's almost like they threw out all that leadership principles. Right. And so we have all these guys that know the Bible and don't know how to lead. Right. And it's like, you really do need both. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely do need both. I'm more and more and more convinced of that, that it, you know, we've said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like that's a, we came up around. with that. We, that is original. To Justin and I, but if you use that, you owe us five dollars every use. <laughs> that's right. But I think that's just that's so true. And I think you, what you're saying is so true because I think you know as we get to know at the I, I would say that theology because God is so good. Like the more you study theology, I think the more you want to because you realize like this is incredible that God has revealed himself and we begin to know more. But if we're doing that and our pride is growing and mm -hmm. uh, then we're not doing mm -hmm. it well, but also like you, everything there's, there's the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy that there has to be um, a practice. Of Say that. that again, Justin. Orthodoxy and the orthopraxy. Good words. You know, and um, I liken it to this, like in worship, I talk about the rhythm of, of, uh, theology and doxology that there has to be the truth and then there has to be the response to the truth like there's 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 that's why we sing songs that are sometimes wordy but then we also take moments in worship to say like hallelujah god jesus, you're good jesus, you know reflect over and over i but, hate repeating words we said jesus <laughs> you hate repeating jesus so his that, name that same rhythm applies. you're not gonna like heaven then that's so funny the same rhythm applies to theology like you have to be able to flesh it out in practice in in yeah. community because one, that's the, the Bible is written to community. It's written to the people. Um, and that's just what we're called to do as our faith. So it's just our heads can become puffed up. Uh, and really, we're not seeing the transformation in our own lives or other people if it just stays in our head. Or if we're, if we're only instructing, uh, and if we know all the truth, uh, but, you know, like Paul writes, we can, know all, we can know all these things. If we have not love, we're just noisy symbols. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a way that it gets practiced out. So it is important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think we could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. But I, I would say, like, um, so kind of speaking to, like, younger leaders, and I'm sure there's older that fit in this category that are like, well, you know, I should be trusted because I know the Bible and I know these things and I'm the pastor or I'm the Sunday school leader or whatever it might be, or even at work, right? Like I'm in this position, like, you know, no, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus told, uh, Matthew and John, right? James and John, he said, um, Hey, you see how the Gentiles rule, right? How they lead, they rule it over. Mm. Um, not you. Whoever wants to be great needs to become last. Yeah. You should be a ser if you want to be served, you should be a servant of all. Mm -hmm. And and for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So, like, if I, and I'm not saying I am, but if I am like becoming very knowledgeable in the word and very discerning about how to lead our church, 
then I need to say, how can I serve people and meet people where they are to help them see what I see? Like, and so I don't understand, like I would just say, and again, I have a long way to go, but at 41, I do know more than I've ever known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, not done. yeah, no, not done at all. But I feel a desire more and more to humble myself before yeah. people and listen and understand and discern. And, you know, I was hanging out with a pastor who's a little bit younger than me, a good bit younger than me. Fine. I'm old. And, <laughs> it's hard uh, to admit that, you right? know, he struggled a little bit with leadership and we were talking about a relational situation. Dude, he got so defensive. Mm. And I was like, and I didn't say anything because I just said I was the right time. But I'm like, this is why your church is such a struggle for you. Yeah. Cause you're probably like this a lot. Mm. I didn't say it, but yeah. I was thinking it, you know, and I'm like, that's just a people skill, mm. right? Like humble yourself. Don't be defensive. Like all those kind of things. And I'm sure there's baggage yeah. coming into right. that. So, so I would just say like, I do think that there is so much, um, that is relational and it's not theological. Even people who leave churches, it's often relational, not theological. Mm-hmm. People choose churches over personality versus theology all the right. time. I hate all that, the but time. they do. Um, so this is valuable. That's yep. all I'll say. Yeah, you can, you can put a bow on it yeah, if you want. I was just thinking and just the best advice that I could think of. If someone said, hey, what's the best advice for dealing with people or relating to people? I would say this is that. Stop, uh, <laughs> drop, shut them down, oh. open up, shop. <laughs> there Whoa. you go. That's no. it. That's, the, that's it. Oh, that wasn't it. it that's oh. not it. I would say this is that you have to be like, it comes back to identity and don't need or expect something from someone that you're designed to only get from Jesus. Mm, and mm, then when mm. you have that settled, you are, you can be so free in relationships mm-hmm. that you don't need validation from every person. You don't need, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't need other people because God does use other people, but God meets the need. Mm. He sometimes mm. uses other people to meet that need and works through them, but God's the one who meets the need. So, you know, if I'm looking to other people for validation, then I'm going to be constantly disappointed. And if I'm looking to them to, to, for my, to, to, to build my platform, to fill my pride, then I'm going to, you know, ultimately suffocate them with my, my desire for more. It just comes back to just be in a place where you don't need those things from people because you have them already in Christ. Um, so settle your identity in Christ and you'll win with people. There you go. That's good. Um, that's really good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, there's a bow and now we're moving on. So two questions, we got two questions for the day. Uh, first question is what are some practical things that a husband or wife can do to study each other? So this comes from, uh, you know, we've talked about this the past few weeks on Sunday mornings, husbands and wives and marriage. And that was one of the points from the sermon was, you know, never stop studying and getting to know because Mm -hmm. there's always Mm -hmm. more to know. So what are some practical things that can happen? So I actually ran out of time, believe it or not, in that sermon. And so I had some things I was going to go over there, uh, but I ran out of time. So there you go. uh, All right. So what were you going to say? How have you studied Christy Ross? Uh, well, you know, I would say, um, you can stare at your spouse. (laughs) Just stare, just stare. I mean, it gets creepy sometimes, but I mean, you should enjoy God's creation and beauty. That's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, but, um, then I would also, some people are like, wait, did he just say that? Uh, then I would just say, listen, Mm -hmm. listen. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, In marriage, your spouse often goes on and on about things that you truly don't care about, uh, but you care about them. Yeah. And you will learn more about who they are as you Mm -hmm. listen to them out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. And so you're able to really discern their heart. Don't try to correct everything Mm -hmm. they say that's wrong. But, you know, that that would be that. Um, 
intentional time dating. I mean, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go, if you don't have money and time, you don't have to go out to dinner, but maybe, you know, figure out a way to have dessert together after you put the kids to bed. If you still have mm-hmm. kids, you know, um, sit out back, you know, sit out front, whatever. Um, I mean, that's helpful. I think walking through some kind of devotional together is helpful, mm-hmm. um, where you discuss together, being a part of the same small group, uh, you get to, uh, study each other. Um, and there's a, just a lot of tools out there available to you as well. Go to a marriage retreat if you could, you know, or just a retreat, go on vacation. Um, ask them. Yeah. <laughs> just ask, you know, those kind of ask things. Questions. So. Yeah. I think that's all good. I mean, I would just say, listen, listen and listen some more. And, you know, one of the things that we have found ourselves asking each other is a, like, if we've got free time or if we've got a free moment, we're going on a date, like, what do you, like, what do you want to do? Like, and we know, like, that's our chance to say what we want to do, you know, like just ask those questions. And then, you know, if you're asking those questions then you eventually learn like, oh, I bet you can anticipate what the other one's going to mm-hmm. want or need. Mm-hmm. And then you can help. You can just meet those needs. I, I would say it just comes back to you got to you've got to make space for this. Mm-hmm. You got to make time for mm-hmm. this. And every season of your life, it's going to look different. And don't, uh, you know, hold someone else. What, what they're doing up is your expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, like. When our kids were little, it used to be put them to bed early. So we actually had time to talk and we didn't get to go out to dinner, but we would like, we would stop by and pick up dessert and we would have that after the kids went to bed or, or we would cook ourselves a real meal after the kids mm-hmm. went to bed. We're like, they mm-hmm. had this, but we're going to actually cook again. Uh, whatever you just find out what works for you. Uh, and just spend that time together. Like, I think that's what happens is life gets busier and busier. Um, especially as kids get involved. And then as kids get older, like you just lose some of the common things that hold you together in friendship in your relationship. And then you find like, you know, people whose kids move out and are like, what? I don't even know you anymore. You don't want to be in that mm, position. Mm, no, uh, you don't. So yeah. Yeah. Two, two other thoughts is, uh, one is, uh, these two questions are very helpful. How are you? Mm. And, um, what can I do for you? Yeah. Those are very helpful questions. And then the second thing I would say is I talked about the meaning of marriage during our marriage series being the most, like, I think theologically meaningful book for me. Um, but I think practically speaking, his needs, her needs, mm-hmm. um, is really helpful because I think almost every woman and man would identify with those being five, uh, very valuable needs. And so that's a good starting place. Yeah. And, uh, um, how am I doing in that area? And then actually like caring about yeah. those areas, uh, because kind of back to winning with people, like so many marriages are because we're not intentional in the yeah. relationship and so many, so many marriages that fail are because we're not intentional in a relationship. That's right. All right. Well, if you have any more questions about that, uh, you can ask our wives because they're, <laughs> they're yeah, good yeah. at that mm-hmm. anyway, or you can ask us, here we go. Next question is, uh, Hey, you've referenced Taylor Swift and some, and, uh, some sermons and, uh, what? and on this podcast. So, uh, should, our children be listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I you know go back to the marriage uh, for for clarity. By the way, I am not a forty one year old man driving around <laughs> listening to Taylor Swift on a <laughs> are, but are you are on you? a regular basis? Aren't However, you? I listen to lots of music, um, and I very much believe that she and whoever helps her write on different occasions is a great songwriter Mm -hmm. and that she articulates Mm -hmm. things. A lot of people are thinking very well. Yeah. That's my respect for Taylor Swift and her music and, and some of it's catchy as well. So it's catchy. So that that's me. 
there. Somebody asked me if I was going to the um, the movie, right? Like she had the movie, <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, it feels kind of weird that a 41 year old man be crushing some popcorn uh, and a large <laughs> soda with a bunch concert. of middle school and high school girls, like, you know, and their moms. But, um, yeah, I think this goes back to like the, the, uh, horror thing, right? Like, yeah, you know, scary movies. so, and, and maybe, Not maybe Taylor Swift's movie was, a I guess scary like movie, cards but. on the table. We're both a little on the Liberty side mm-hmm. uh, of Christianity, you know, the whole Paul feast yeah. thing. Like, um, so, uh. I, I just don't get the legalistic side. I really don't mm-hmm. of really anything, you know, but, but I, I totally respect, um, people who say, Hey, we just don't want our ch- children exposed to that. Yeah. We see the influence it is. I, I totally get Absolutely. that. And, and I really just try to really keep a pulse on my children and how much, I mean, even dude, perfect, right? Like, yeah. which was totally harmless in my right. opinion. I'm like, how much is this influencing them? Right. You know, like guiding them, like attitudes, the, you, yeah. you talked about that in your thing. So, so I would just say like, I definitely think there's some songs that have the wrong message mm-hmm. that she writes. Yeah. Uh, the one about karma, I think it's mm-hmm. called karma. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't agree with that, right? Yeah. You know, and so maybe really no need to listen. Other things, I just I just think if you're going to expose your children to Taylor Swift or whatever, maybe you also have to be like dialed in about, hey, w- yep. this is where we disagree. Hundred percent. Just be dialed in and talk about it. That's what I would say. And you know, I think you know as a as a pastor, but then as a parent too, like you know, like we talk about like you know exegeting the scriptures, and we also kind of have to exegete culture too, and understand like she is a great you know, cultural, like this is a, where the, where is the culture? Like she's one of the leading voices she I would is, say. Yeah, yeah. And so like to not at least be aware of it, uh, and, and to listen to it from an informative, uh, standpoint as a parent and as a pastor is kind of like being naive to what people are thinking and feeling and what is going into their heads. I'm not saying you need to put this on loop, you know, but I'm saying like you at least at the very basis, like should be aware. Can I say a boggy thing? Come on. Okay. Okay. So, oh, I'm ready. Um, I do feel like this is one of those areas where certain parents, like, because she's so big, are like, we're going to put our foot down about you can't listen to Taylor Swift, but then they're not consistent mm. uh, about other areas. And it's like, just because you've heard that one so much in the news, right? And like, parents, remember Harry Potter? Yeah. It's like, can't watch Harry Potter, but you can watch these other things about, you know, sorcery yeah. or whatever. Like, and so I just feel like easy target. I would just thing. ask, like, is this a consistent thing in your life? Yeah, right. Or are you just making this one thing mm-hmm. because it's like, you feel like be- you're overcompensating. Let's just right. be real. You're overcompensating with that one area. That's, that's so I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. If you as a parent yeah. consistently think my children are not going to listen to, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would say, make sure it's consistent. Yeah. And you also, as a parent should know your child better than anyone. Yeah, so you do. Maybe this really does you affect do. and you are seeing the attitude come through. And then at, at the very least merits a conversation about it. And Hey, I noticed this. Is it because of this? And your child's going to say, no, it's not because of that. Because they're like, they're going to be, yeah, you're right. I am being disrespectful to you because I've been listening to too much Taylor Swift. Uh, I really think here's all the things you've gotten wrong as a, like, no, they're not going to do that. But at least you're having the conversation and you're helping them become aware. Just talk through the influences. We do this with movies we watch. We do this with shows we watch. We should do this with music we watch just the same. And uh, and you need to keep a pulse on how it's affecting And, and I get that some of you don't like that I like Taylor Swift, but um, 
haters are gonna hate, hate, yeah, hate, 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 and I'm just gonna shake, shake, shake it yeah. off. And this shake is the, it off. I mean, and she's just like the current iteration of this question. You know, it's yeah. been should our should our mm. kids listen to Elvis? Should back in the day, should kids listen to the Beatles? Should they listen to Michael Jackson? I mean, all just with whoever. Tupac. The, there you probably, no, yeah, that's probably that's probably different. Yeah, On yeah. SBC, they were like, oh, that's easy. So yeah. anyway, it's just the latest iteration of that question. So, all right. Now, speaking of little Taylor Swift, it's time for a little game. Okay. All right. So okay. Uh, today's game is, is it Taylor Swift or is it Lamentations? The Book of Lamentations. Okay. Now, so I'm going to read a quote. What did I do a couple of weeks ago? Nicholas Sparks or... <laughs> yeah, or uh, Song of Solomon. You were 15 for 15. All right. So, so I don't think I'm going to be 15 for 15. to add a degree of difficulty, oh, no. uh, these questions, uh, that the phrases, if they're from Lamentations... They're the message version oh, of Lamentations. So there's a little bit of grace if you get these wrong. Yes, there's a lot of grace. <laughs> because they're from the message. Uh, so, uh, which, by the way, is, uh, you know. Fine. It's fine. Gosh. So now it's people like, I think this is a, you know niche uh, conversation about the message. Some man, pa some pastors love to hate on the message because you're like, but I'm like, just, it's fine for people to understand the heart of what's going on. And then there doesn't say Twain. Yeah, it's true. All right. It's not what you're going to study exegetically from, or expository, but you know, if it helps you understand. All right. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Question number one is long were the nights when my days once revolved around you. Oh, that's got to be T-Swift. That is T-Swift. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no idea what song, but it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next. I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. That sounds like Lamentations. It is Lamentations. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I kind of was like... Yeah, no, no, I could, bit, yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't think she gave up on life altogether, no, though. No, I mean, that would be a little bit of an overreach for Taylor Swift yeah, to that say would she be. gave up on life altogether. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next is this. It rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. Ooh, I'm thinking Taylor Swift. Good job. That yeah, was yeah. tricky because yeah, yeah. Lamentations is all, you know, has that kind it, of like... Yeah, but God never feel. leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I doubt... Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I remember it all. Oh, how I'll remember it. The feeling of hitting the bottom. <laughs> I'm going Lamentations. Yeah, wow. Okay, All yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I, that was tough because the message really made that sound like Taylor Swift. It did. That's what, I, that was But tricky. she's never hit bottom. Oh, yeah. I weep buckets of tears and not a soul within miles. Oh, excuse me. I got to start over. I weep buckets of tears and not a soul within miles around cares. Lamentations? Yeah. All right, all right. Weep, weep, I think, kind of gives it away. I don't yeah. know what Taylor Swift was like. Nah. She said cry. I would have said cry. Yeah. All right. All right. You'll find out what it's like to get drunk and wake up with nothing. <laughs> Taylor Swift? No. no. That is Lamentations. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a tricky okay. one. That's yeah, a tricky I should have known that because she's never had nothing. Yeah, it's, that's true. Dang it. All right. Okay. Yeah. The, See, the Lamentations were way more desperate than T-Swift. Yeah, they, they She would just be like, look what you made me do. That's look right. This is all your do. fault. This is all your fault. That's, you a, did that's this. a song, just so you know. All right. Justin, See, that's a song. I know that's a song. Okay, sorry. I didn't know. I know. Uh, See the vulture circling dark clouds. Love's a fragile little flame. That's Taylor Swift. It could Swift. burn out. That's Taylor Swift. It is Taylor yeah, yeah, Swift. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, sing it. Yeah, no. Oh, no, oh come not on. happening. <laughs> yeah, all right. Time turns flames to embers. Mm. 
Taylor Swift? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Good okay. job. I've gotten one wrong, though. You, but that's still pretty good. I mean, yeah. I think this is proving that you actually are listening to this by yourself <laughs> in the car. <laughs> All right. These walls that they put up to hold us back will fall down. Wow. The time will come for us to finally win. And we'll sing hallelujah. We'll sing hallelujah. Lamentations? Taylor Swift. Oh, I was going to go with her, that, but I'm like, did she really say hallelujah in a I song? I know. That's what threw me I'm off. I'm trying to remember what song that is. I have yeah. no idea, but somebody, well, we'll look it up later. Okay. I don't know. This is off an internet quiz. Okay. So, all right. Have you ever seen anything like this? Ever seen pain like my pain? Seen what he did to me? Lamentations. It is. Well, yeah, it's yeah. tricky yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. Seen yeah. what he did to uh-huh. me. That was good. Mm, that, that was, was good. I've missed right. two so far, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you beat me. All right, here we go. Last one. Walls of insincerity, shifting eyes, and vacancy vanished when I saw your face. That's got to be Taylor Swift. That is Taylor Swift. That has got to be Taylor Swift. Vacancy. But but it's deep. You know, that's good writing. That's good. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I did this one. Oh, right. Now here's the last one. Like shadows in a faded light. Oh, we're invisible. Lamentations. T-Swift. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Invisible. Yeah. I should have yeah, figured that out. That's but. tricky. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's those are some good lyrics. I may just have to go uh, put that on the Spotify shuffle. Oh, wow. We'll see. You know, oh, wow. I mean, yeah. it's good stuff. Mm. All right. So, there you go. Make sure you do Taylor's version, though. Yes. There you go. The, the you new see ones. her release her new album. It's not a new album. It's, it's just, the first it's album. Just, it's she her owns second her album. songs again because yeah. that's how the music is. So confusing. Works. So, it is so confusing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be like if I was Did you know that when the Broncos beat the Chiefs, they played Taylor Swift in the stadium afterwards oh, that's pretty savage that's that pretty is savage. savage man well hey <laughs> speaking of savage speaking of winning and savage winning with and people T-Swift and all these and things and Polly Shore and <laughs> I'm just still like Polly Shore I was Shore. looking up a good Polly Shore quote a minute ago and I couldn't find one I, I'm, I'm not kidding 10 I best Polly Shore quotes forgot that, that he was a, a person. Person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I've seen most of those movies you reference off the top of your head but I Here, here's a good winning with people quote by Polly Shore you ready okay just to leave us on. Serious and intense people, they drain you. But someone who's an idiot like myself, they're fun. You either hate me or love me. <laughs> deep. That's deep. That is deep. Man. I'm going to do a Polly Shore. Polly Shore or... Uh, no. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we hope that you're doing it. Thanks for joining yep. us. We got to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we do. See we'll ya. see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. 